I'm Christina. And this is Erin. And you're listening to Something to Wag About. Are you feeling anxious about starting our podcast? I'm feeling anxious about starting the podcast. (laughs) How do you know you're feeling anxious? What goes on for you and your body that lets you know you're feeling anxious about podcasting today? My brain freezes. I can't Mm. think. Like when you eat a Slurpee too fast or when there, you think there's a bear no. behind you and <laughs> you you're afraid to look. <laughs> like, so not literally freezes in that sense, <laughs> I guess. It's mine goes blank. There we go. That's more descriptive. I can't think. Do you feel anything else? Do you, does your heart rate elevate? I don't know. We could put a heart rate monitor on me. Probably. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it does. I guess maybe so much that my brain blanks so I don't notice any of the other things that are probably going on Mm. I'm literally just frozen when I have anxiety so with the four f's you have the freeze reflex really strong very strong yeah I have I also have flight (laughs) I have the full around reflex if I'm anxious I'll take laugh and say very inappropriate jokes And this is why we're friends. If a bear attacks us, I'll tell it jokes and you'll run away. Perfect. Or I'll freeze and get eaten. (laughs) Give you time to run away while you're making jokes. (laughs) I think that's more likely, actually. So Philia's doing really well. She's doing phenomenal. And do you want to tell everybody what you did with her today that you wouldn't have been able to do six months ago? Today we were at a Frisbee fun match, a disc fun match. And I took off her leash and I put her in a downstay while we were getting ready for the round. And then I did her round and walked off the field and realized that her nor I were even concerned about the fact that there was a tennis court right there with tennis players going. Mm -hmm. And a few months ago, that would have looked much different. (laughs) That would have been (laughs) me being aware that that was happening as well as Vilia potentially barking and previously lunging towards them as well so I did a lot of training Mm -hmm. training for that and a very large part of her training came uh, with the use of medication I often deal with pretty severe behavior cases with my clients And I often ask them to speak with their veterinarians for medication for their dogs to see if it's a good fit and see if the veterinarian can figure out the right fit for to help them and their dog. Um, How do you decide when to ask a client or when to look to a veterinarian about for medication? I generally decide whether or not to use meds based on the current quality of life for the dog. And what I mean by that is if the dog's having reactions, be that um, stressing up or stressing down, how frequently is that happening during the day? So if there's a specific trigger, say, that I can control very easily, um, my dog doesn't like skateboards. It's just skateboards they freak out about. And I don't live next to a skateboard park. So it's something that triggers 
infrequently in the dog's life. And I feel like I can control the threshold quite well. I may not be immediately jumping to meds. I'm going to try a behavior modification plan first or management, depending on, on what we decide to go. But if it's something that the dog is experiencing consistently in their life, especially in their own home, um, there's a client right now that the dog has an issue with airplanes and they literally live right next to a airport. So that is something the dog is continually being exposed to. Uh, and the uh, reaction is quite severe. Um, so they just, their, their nervous system never has a chance to settle down. So in those cases, in order to put the dog in a frame of mind that they feel safe and that they can train, that is a case that I would consider, you know, using meds for. Mm -hmm. How about you? When do you? I'm the same. I think there's two things I look at, a few things I look at. There's the overall quality of life of the animal is the anxiety of such that it's pervasive throughout the dog's entire life. So for instance, I was just talking with someone yesterday about a dog. She is petrified of the groomer. She is sound sensitive and barking multiple times a day. She is afraid of the car. She's afraid of a car crate. She's afraid of um, going for a walk in novel situations. She's afraid of seeing strangers on walks. She's afraid of um, being touched if she wasn't expecting it. She's afraid of seeing dogs on walks. That dog, the anxiety is so much a part of every part of her life that, like you say, she doesn't have chance to reset and just be happy and healthy and feel safe. And for that dog, a training plan is going to be challenging because the dog is always in a, um, state of trying to be safe. They're never able to just feel safe, right? They're always trying to become safe or watch out for those things that they feel are going to scare or hurt them. Right. So especially if it's essentially become the anxiety itself is more generalized. Mm -hmm. It's just everything. Yeah. yeah. What are your other, you said you had a few things that you look at. Oh, <laughs> Um, so the animal's quality of life, how much time they get to spend down, uh, just relaxing and feeling safe. The other thing is I look at, well, we're just guessing we're looking at the animal. We're taking data in our minds or keeping records. And we are guessing as to how the animal feels. If I look at the animal and I think the training plan is an appropriate one for that problem or for that dog, and we maybe tweaked it a little bit and we've tried it for a period of time and I'm not seeing results that I expect to see. That's another time where I'll go, well, maybe this animal is experiencing more stress than I perceive them to be. And then we might go to medication as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Meds aren't generally my first choice unless it is very obvious that it's, it's generalized and we just can't, we can't do anything because the dog has never had a chance to calm down. But if it is something that is a specific trick, uh, trigger, I will, my preference is to try a behavior modification plan first without mm. meds. But as you said, if it's not working, there may be more going on than we can see. So yep. meds and even can help. Even then, if it looks like the anxiety is generalized throughout the dog's life, I'm still likely to try a behavior mod plan first before I go to meds, 
because again, we don't know it, that animal might not be as stressed as we think they are. And the behavior mod plan might just go really smoothly. So I typically go behavior mod first, unless it's a really severe case. Mm -hmm. um, and then look at meds. Meds aren't the first thing I try or recommend, um, but they're also not the last. I don't think they should be a last resort. I, I find that really sad when I see an animal that is so stressed and so anxious for so much of their life and people are thinking meds are a last resort. And that, that makes me sad. I mean, I can, I can speak to it personally because I am someone who's on anxiety meds. Um, I don't even know, people don't know the, obviously, I mean, I don't even really know the brain chemistry and all that um, and how necessarily meds work, but I'm someone that has a lot of social anxiety and I can tell you being in social situations previously, your brain just doesn't function normally and you don't feel safe. And that's the main thing. Like I could be standing in the middle of a crowd, literally no one's looking at me. No one can even potentially know I exist in that crowd, but I still feel unsafe. Like I would mm -hmm. feel like the whole room was looking at me. And I had cases where I actually just, <laughs> I had the flight. I actually left because I just couldn't handle it, even though I was not even a part of any conversation. Um, and meds don't make like meds aren't a miracle solution, but what they do, at least they did for me. And from what I've understood from listening to people who are more skilled or this is their uh, lack of words, this is their expertise. Um, they've studied, you know, neuroscience. Um, it really helps you feel safe uh, so that I can be sitting in that room. And it doesn't necessarily give me the skills to, go and have a conversation with a new person, but I feel safe now. Like, I don't feel like everyone's staring at me so that if somebody asked me a question, I could answer them. And I could now in that environment, potentially teach myself how to engage in a conversation. I still have to teach myself those skills, mm -hmm. but I feel safe so that I can teach myself those skills. Um, and yeah, having personally gone through that, it does, when I see dogs who are just so, overwhelmed and stressed about their environment. I just, I'm a big advocate for, for meds in that case, because mm -hmm. I like, if they just can't, if they can't think they can't learn. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing too, is you pointed out, you said that really nicely and great to share your own experiences. Meds aren't going to fix the problem. They're hopefully going to lower the anxiety enough that behavior modification plan will work. Exactly. That the animal yeah. can learn or the person can learn. And for me, the one where it uh, kind of hits me hardest is when it's a puppy. And if you listen to anything by Dr. Chris Pockle, he's great. He's a veterinary behaviorist, specializes in meds. Um, he's a real advocate for using meds sooner rather than later with puppies so that a, we can normalize their reactions and normalize their responses so, to a healthy level of anxiety. Some anxiety is good. It keeps us alive. Um, and that they can develop, they can grow and develop with those healthy patterns as puppies and adolescents. And then once they're mature and adults and they have those good habits, then we can weed them off if that's appropriate for that dog. Yeah, it's a really interesting point because I actually have a lot of people who um, push back more about using anxiety meds with young dogs because they're worried that 
well, the dogs are developing. How is this going to affect them? And I'm like, well, it's probably going to affect them in the way we want them to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it comes socially. There's such a stigma about mental health for people and it's bled into how we perceive dogs as well. Um, you know, it's it's becoming much better, but there's a huge stigma about mental health and um, needing medication or, you know, medication for children and all those things. And, and dogs aren't kids. I'm not saying they're the same at all, um, but there is some parallel logic and learning kind of stuff going on there. Absolutely. And if you look at the brain chemistry, you know, there, there are some similarities between, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not an expert again, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there definitely are some similarities in terms of how the brain functions um, and how meds uh, affect that functioning. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to note too, like meds don't have to be for life. I actually don't intend meds to be for life. If ever I am recommending medication, it's always with my plan to be able to wean them off if possible. Um, both yeah. my dogs, my current dogs have been on meds. My one still is on meds. Um, the first one who I put on meds because of health reasons, because he had restricted exercise, he's now off meds and doing phenomenally. But when he was on those meds, it a allowed him to be calm, which he needed for recovery. But then it also allowed me to build confidence in him because he had a mm -hmm. lot of anxiety just generally in the world because he he was injured during a, a key developmental stage of his life when he was really young. Um, so it helped him, but now he's fully off meds and mm -hmm. he's doing wonderful. He's, he's really fun to watch now. He's playing so well. He looks so happy and he's coming yeah. on all our hikes together. He's doing really well. Yeah, the, um, actually you brought up a good point there. Another time when I'm an advocate for meds is when the animal has an injury or a health issue that prevents their needs from being met. Yeah. So if an animal's needs aren't being met and that is causing a lot of anxiety. So for instance, um, a border collie puppy that say broke its leg and needs to be created for an extended period of time. If the animal cannot get the exercise and the outdoor time that the animal needs, then medication can help kind of do damage control for the animal's well, mental well-being. Yeah. And Riker, my little American Eskimo, he's on medication and he was a um, little quick little blurb. He was a seizure from a cruelty investigation. And then I brought him home and he had four surgeries within a year on his knees and develop a lot of barrier frustration. Like he's got a lot of baggage, little fella. And for me, he will likely be on anxiety medication for life because his anxiety is severe. And with the anxiety medication, his quality of life is really good. I think it's very good anyways. Um, he does all the things, he's happy, he's playing. We had to try a couple of different medications before we found the right one for him. Um, but with him and the behavior mod that we're doing, I still don't necessarily see a time when he might not need it because his trauma, his anxiety is so ingrained that he'll likely need it for life. And I'm, I'm okay with that for him. Um, and I think that should be okay for some dogs too. Yeah, some dogs. absolutely. Yeah, it is. I mean, I tell people when I recommend someone speaks to their vet about putting their dogs on anxiety medication, it's generally not part of my plan for it to be for life, but if it is, that's totally okay. 
um, if we're unable to successfully wean them off, or even if it just seems like they're doing very well on them. And mm -hmm. like you say, like for Riker, who they do have more extreme anxiety, there's nothing wrong with them. If it's going to improve the quality of their life, I say go for it. Um, yeah. And then there's other cases. I want to talk. I have another anxious dog in the house and she is afraid of other dogs and she is afraid of certain things, but it was due to a health concern. And most of her life, she was great. Most of her life wasn't affected by her anxiety. It's only when a new dog is within, you know, 20 feet of her. It's only when her health issues were acting up. And that's a case with an anxious dog that has, you know, I would consider it a, a significant anxious response to other dogs. Um, she doesn't need medication in my opinion, because most of her life isn't affected by the anxiety. It's only those little situations. Right. It goes back to the idea of frequency mm -hmm. always. In, and it's a, it's a, it's a question I always ask uh, people when they're talking to me about reactivity, my dog's scared, this type of thing. Pretty much one of my first questions is how often do you see this on a daily basis? Cause I want to know like how mm -hmm. I almost see it. And especially has said, having lived through it, it's, it's, it's mental suffering. It really is like, it's, um, it really reduces quality of life to be stressed out all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really important to help alleviate that, um, mm -hmm. if we can, if, if it's, if it's needed. Yep. I think that when we look at an animal who is mentally suffering, when we see them being anxious or afraid of something so much in their life, that that's a welfare concern no different than a broken leg might be if the animal is suffering we need to give them vet care whether that's for a broken bone or something not firing right and need, maybe needing a reset in their brain and the more we look at medication for anxiety as medical treatment not as just quote unquote drugging your dog um, i think that the welfare of animals as a whole will be better off and when we talk about medications, we mean actual prescription medications. Yeah. It's okay. It's great to try these other the natural supplements that help with anxiety. I think like Purina Calming Care is a great one. Some people have had great luck with CBD, um, Zyclean. But when we're talking here, we're, we're meaning like prescription medications. Right. And that, that's a difference, I think, is that it's great to try the, the over-the-counter supplements. Is Most of them, with your vet's approval, most of them aren't going to hurt your dog, but they're not necessarily going to have any of the big effects that we need for the big behavior problems or the big anxieties. Right. Oh, one dog I want to tell you about. I just love him. I see him regularly. He's um, a Corso mix, big guy. And he was so scared. He would literally jump three feet if a leaf fell out of a tree. Oh. Well, I know it's a big, tough Corso too, like a big, tough dog, big blockhead. Uh, you know, he looks like a big, tough guy. And he was so afraid, like we'd be walking along and he'd look at a log or something and he'd kind of forget I was there and then realize I was there and jump. And he's been on um, an SSRI now for oh goodness, but four months. 
And like, I now I, I don't, I'm not trying to scare him. I don't want that to come across wrong, but I'll touch him without speaking first, kind of on purpose, or I'll drop a stick and we've got no flinching. Like his wow, just yeah. baseline anxiety is just like, do, 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 do now. And we could, we've gotten so far in his behavior mod, whereas before we were just weren't getting any progress because he was constantly wondering if something was about to murder him or his person. Right. And now he's, he's relaxed enough that he can think, and we're doing so well with passing dogs and, and strangers. And, you know, I'm not worried at all about him with human reactivity anymore. He's just doing so, so well. I love that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a big cuddle bug too. I just love him. Whoa.